and thanks for listening. I'm recording this episode on November 3rd of 2020, and it is Election Day in the U.S. Um, Assuming most of my listeners are in the U.S., we can just go ahead and share that mutual feeling of horrible anxiety. Um, (laughs) We just had our full moon in Taurus conjunct Uranus on Halloween, Um, and as always, um, the lunations are... You know, it's not just the day of, but those energies kind of carry over um, for the next few days. So I feel like that sense of um, electricity and nervousness that's very um, close to Uranus is still hanging around for sure. On top of just all of 2020's other very difficult astrology. (laughs) Um... So I was debating whether or not to do a pre-election podcast, um, just because with astrology there is a tremendous amount of responsibility when you get into, um, you know, matters of making predictions and not only making them, you know, just for yourself, but to then state them publicly, um, you have to be super careful with that. So I was, um just sort of sitting with that because I've talked to friends and clients, you know, privately about what I've read into the astrology of this election as well as the astrology um, really up to Inauguration Day. Um, And I put out a poll on Instagram just to see if people would be interested. I don't think anybody voted no, um, (laughs) but it got over 100 votes for yes, so here we are. Um, so I'm essentially going to lay out just the nuts and bolts of the astrology itself and then talk about how that translates with the charts of Joe Biden, Trump, as well as the chart for America, um, which there are several different charts for America, um, Because, you know, a country is not made in a single day. But I am using the Sibley chart that you can find online um, because other astrologers who I respect um, tend to use that. And this year, especially the astrology, you know, the way that the transits are showing up in this country using that chart. So interpreting those um, transits with that chart as a foundation has proven pretty solid. Um, So we're just going to go with that. So if you would like to follow along, um, if you are familiar at least somewhat with um, charts, you can go ahead and pull up the charts for Joe Biden, Trump, and um, the United States. They're all available on astro.com. You can just Google, you know, Joe Biden chart, Donald Trump birth chart, America birth chart, and um, in the data bank... It's the one for America is Nation USA number one, um, which is set for the 4th of July, 1776 in Philadelphia at 510 p.m. So these are the charts um, that we will be using for reference here. Um, just, you know, if you if you want to look into that yourself. Okay. Oh, where to begin? Um... So we have had Mercury retrograde, which is stationing direct today. Mercury, of course, has a 20-year 
cycle. So the last time that we had Mercury retrograde end on election day was the 2000 election, um, which if you are my age or older, you will remember was a bit of a shit show. Um, the election itself, like in terms of like the campaigning and the build up to it, wasn't anything like our modern election culture, if you will, or campaign culture, I should say. Um, but they had a lot of, um, of course, because it's Mercury, they had a lot of te technological issues and um, voting machines were breaking and it was just kind of a nightmare. Um, so we did not actually learn uh, who, you know, quote unquote, won the election um, or it was not decided. It had to go to the P Supreme Court and all that. Um, it was decided on December 12th of that year. So we essentially had over a month of just having no idea who was going to be the president. Um, and that's where we are again for, for different reasons. Um, I am hoping that because of early voting and, and other things that perhaps we won't have, um, the technological issues I'm holding my breath on that, but I mean, just because Mercury stations direct does not mean that everything's going smoothly. The way that retrogrades work, um, you have what's called the shadow phase or the shadow period. So when you have Mercury retrograde, it will reach a certain point, a certain degree of a sign, um, and then that's when it will station retrograde and go back, you know, so many degrees and then station direct and come, you know, re-ingress, um, retrace its steps again. So it's essentially hanging out in, in these degrees and it goes over it three times. Um, but after it stations direct, it's still considered to be in shadow because it's still retracing its steps. It's still going through the sign that it has already been through. So it doesn't technically, I'm using air quotes, but you can't see me. <laughs> it doesn't technically end until it reaches the point where it initially stationed retrograde, which in our particular case this year is 11 degrees Scorpio. Um, the 2000 election, it was 15 degrees Scorpio. So I feel like this is just one indication of... Um, you know, a reason why we won't really have a concrete answer for a while. Um, that's one factor. And, you know, history and astrology teaches us this as well. Things go through cycles. Sometimes cycles repeat themselves in different ways. I forget who said it, but the whole quote about history doesn't repeat itself, but it does rhyme. Um, that's where we're at with all of this. So, okay. Um, if you look at the Sibley chart for America, um, we are, well, actually I think with all the American charts, um, Pluto is in the same position because Pluto moves so, so, so slowly. So regardless of what chart you rely on for the United States, um, we are experiencing our Pluto return. We've been experiencing it for a while, but it's coming closer and closer to the true return, which is 27 degrees of Capricorn. 
And Pluto is a planet that has to do with power um, and the kind of power that's like very um, big and volatile. And with Capricorn, you're looking at um, long-standing structures, traditions, things like that. So there's a couple different ways to interpret that. Um, if we think about America as a country, if we think about the chart for America as like the birth, you know, the birth of a nation, if you will, um, the birth of a an idea of how to have a country, um, this placement could be interpreted as quite revolutionary because if you think about the context, um, America was founded as, you know, roughly as a democracy to fly in the face of um, European monarchy, you know, people, there were class systems, and that doesn't mean that they don't still exist today, um, but they were much worse back then in in Europe Um you didn't have a lot of agency over who, you know, certainly who was king um, or queen, who was running things. You just kind of, citizens were very removed from the functioning of government. And there's a lot of sort of parallels between America and the Roman Empire in that regard, too, where there's this notion that people should have a say in how things are run. Um, you know, to what degree we actually have that say is, is up for debate and I'm not going to get into that. Um, but you know, we're just taking the, the basic idea of what a democracy is and that's how America was founded. The intention of the founding, um, you know, government founders, whatever, was essentially to make something drastically different than where they had come from. Um, and I, I feel like I have to say this just because of like the culture currently, um, which is very understandable Uh, in this particular podcast, I'm literally kind of just dissecting fundamental astrology. I'm not trying to delve too deeply into, um, the culture and the history and the, in terms of like what's right and wrong, um, so I don't want people to misinterpret what I'm saying since I'm not covering other aspects of this. I just don't have the time today. Um, I do, you know, my ancestry is indigenous. So just because I'm not talking about what happened to indigenous people when America was founded doesn't mean that that doesn't matter to me and isn't close to my heart. I just feel like I need to say that so that if somebody listens to this out of context, they're, they don't think I'm just like ignoring that history because that's very close to my family. But anyway, moving on. Um, <laughs> just a little disclaimer there. Because it is still... Um, Mercury's still pulling some shenanigans. And people can misinterpret what you say. Okay. Uh, so yeah, democracy. Pluto and Capricorn is really like... Establishing a new tradition. Establishing a new government. Establishing a new way of running things. So when Pluto... You know, when when you're going through a Pluto return... This is... Drastically... Altering... Systems of power. Systems of tradition. The structure... That we've had for... You know, essentially... The last um, couple centuries. It's a big deal. Um... 
And, you know, people don't have a Pluto return in their own lifetime because Pluto moves so slowly. But we do see it with um, countries, especially because they tend to last um, at least long enough to have a Pluto return. We'll see. uh, I guess we'll see how ours goes in America. Okay. Um, So that's part of the reason that we've had all of this just sort of upheaval and... um, shifts in the perception of power and the use of power and all of those things. Um, not to mention we've had Saturn and Pluto, or I mean, excuse me, Saturn and Jupiter also um, gaining on that, on America's natal Pluto. Um, and that using the Placidus system, um, well, I guess if you use the whole sign system too, this would be true. Um, Pluto is in the second house of America's birth chart on the Sibley chart. So this um, second house is money, material resources, things like that. And Pluto in the second is very much a, you know, a capitalist system. Um, It's all about money. It's all about accruing and building wealth and power, which is very on brand for America. Okay. Um, we also have, looking at this chart, the transiting north node. So where the north node is now is pretty much smack dab on America's natal Mars in the 7th. So having Mars in the 7th as um, a natal placement, like if I was reading this for a person that would point to tumultuous relationships tending to um, be very combative in relationships to fight other people a lot. Now Mars and Gemini as an energy goes about it in a more clever way. So it's not, it's not always blunt force trauma. It can be a lot of like um, it, with air, we're dealing with abstractions with um, information and potentially like, Things like, you know, sanctions and um, bans on, you know, trade wars. It's like we fight in a way that is, I don't want to say diplomatic, but that's a very air sign Gemini thing. Like we kind of talk out of both sides of our mouths as a nation um, and we pick and choose our friends based on who benefits us the most. And we certainly don't seem to generally hesitate on fighting other countries. Um, so that's Mars in the seventh in Gemini for you. But, um, the North node is pretty much on that point. Now the nodal axis has to do with, um, karma, with cycles of integration and balance. Um, the North node, which is what's currently on America's natal Mars is about where we're headed Um, or what we are trying to essentially develop or work on. Um, It's a feeling of of fate that is coming or evolving. And then the south node is about um, integration and release. Um, Sometimes that's associated with death. So it is interesting to note that the nodal axis is currently on the descendant, ascendant axis of America's chart. So we're going, we're moving towards a, you know, um, 
seventh house, you know, we're working on our seventh house, which has to do with others um, and partners and essentially like other people that we encounter as well as how other people perceive us in certain ways, how we are received. And then the ascendant is that um, aspect of self-identity, which in America's case is Sagittarius, which is, again, terribly on brand. Um, <laughs> just kind of um, preachy and, and full of itself. And, um, you know, I, I don't regret living here um, at all, but we all have our faults. And this country certainly is not... Um, without, <laughs> without its issues. Um, but yeah, Sagittarius rising for America is just terribly appropriate. So, um, <laughs> yeah. So the North node is hitting America's natal Mars in the seventh. Um, Mars, of course, conflict, aggression, all of that. Um, we are currently in the midst of Mars retrograde, which ends on November 13th. So a little bit over a week, I guess 10 days from now, when Mars stations direct, I suspect, especially because it's in Aries, we're going to be looking at um, some types of violence, outburst, burning, fire, all of that. Um, so that's not a happy picture, but this transit, um, so we've had Mars in Aries since June. And then we had um, Mars retrograde began September 9th. It's working through. It will station direct again um, November 13th. And then sort of wrap up its time in Aries. So for the American chart, Aries rules the fourth house, which is home, um, roots, ancestry, the physical home. So in, in the chart of a country, it's essentially like the homeland, like the actual country itself, the very physical aspect of, you know, the country. Um, Mars through the fourth is <laughs> just insanity. Um, violence, you know, I mean, it's so, sometimes astrology is so very literal and we've seen, um, you know, cities on fire, whether it be from protesting or uh, climate change, you know, wildfires, um, just lots of violence and anger. And, you know, the country is very in, in Mars mode right now. And part of that, too, is because, especially with Mars retrograde, um, but just generally the things that have been happening this year, we've had um, a lot of restriction and limitation and people literally cannot go do things. Um, and Mars needs a project. Mars needs focus. Mars needs a direction for that energy. If it doesn't have it, it'll just destroy things. Um, so because there haven't been many channels for, you know, a lot of America's physical energy, it's kind of just released a lot of chaos, not to say that some of that's not totally justified, but, um, just looking at this from a very literal physical standpoint, knowing how Mars operates, especially in Aries, which is its ruling sign, it needs direction and it hasn't really had it. So it's just kind of been, um, raining fires <laughs> since June. Um, so I'm, I'm interested to see what happens when Mars stations direct, which again is November 13th. Um, I suspect it will not be pretty for a while. 
Um, and that journey continues well into January, um, which we'll, we'll talk about. I don't want to skip too far ahead. Okay. Um, so that's, yeah, that's another aspect of what's, what's going on. Um, also noting that the South node could be, the South node is sometimes associated with death, um, because it is release. And so, um, but it also has to do, you know, if you're somebody who believes in past lives, the South node points to like past, past lives, um, and the energy of past lives. And so when the South node hits the ascendant, which is the self, the physical body, or in this case, you know, looking at a country's chart, we're talking about a country, um, that can, and I'm not trying to be alarmist because again, astrology is not, it's more of like a weather report. It's not a black and white. This is absolutely going to happen. It's just, here's the weather. Here are the conditions that we're operating within, and here are the patterns that are likely. So South Node on the Ascendant can, um, in some cases, indicate the death of of something. Um, So that's something to keep in mind as well. Um, But of course, the South Node is not directly on America's Ascendant degree yet. Um, It is currently at 21 degrees Gemini, so or the North Node is, so the South Node is at 21 Sag, and America's Ascendant degree is 12 degrees of Sagittarius. So just something else that I noted that I wanted to share, but again, I'm not trying to scare people. I'm just, I'm just telling you what I see here. Um, okay. And we're going to be having these eclipses on this axis for about two years. Um, so this is not something that's going to just end, um, in January or at the end of tonight or anything like that. You know, this country is, is working through this, um, for a minute. (laughs) Okay. So in looking at the transits with Joe Biden's chart and Donald Trump's chart, um, as well as just comparing them generally to each other and to the country, um, it's interesting to note. So, Trump and Biden are around the same age, so they do share some of the same placements. Um, And they both have Uranus in Gemini. Now, in Trump's case, um, his son is in the 10th house with Uranus, with his north node. Um, Uranus in the 10th, son in, or excuse me, son in the 10th, um, almost always points to somebody who has, um, is very, very well known, you know, for better or worse, but the 10th house is public life. Um, it has associations with wealth or at least the appearance of wealth. Um, people with 10th house son can often tend to be celebrities again, like for better or worse. And having Uranus um, very, very close to his son makes his personality quite unstable. Uranus is a very rebellious, unstable energy, um, which can be exciting, but also terrible because you just never know what you're going to get. So that certainly explains aspects of his personality as well as his life. Um, And uh, the North Node... 
currently is on his midheaven, or it's in his midheaven, I should say. It's actually quite close to his natal um, sun and Uranus and north node. They're all nestled in there together. Now, that can point to, I mean, having a north node return definitely, definitely points to fate um, in some way. It's not necessarily good or bad. Generally, 10th house um, is read as a, as a good thing because it's career, it's reputation. Um, but just reading it in a neutral way, there's definitely something karmic is coming um, for him. So that's, you know, worth, worth saying. Um, yeah, the North Node is literally one degree away from his natal North Node. So, um, and his moon is an exact, exact opposition to that, um, which is uh, 21 degrees Sagittarius. And, of course, that's where the South Node currently is as well. Um South Node through the 4th, 4th house being personal life, being home, um, private life, family, things like that. Now, having the South Node there could point to, like, the death or destruction in some way of his family um, or his, you know, foundation. On the most basic level, 4th house is read as foundation. So that's something else worth... Um, worth mentioning and taking note of. Again, it's it's kind of hard to see precisely what the outcome will be, but it's serious. Um, again, you know, for better or worse. So, um, an interesting overlap that I noticed too between him and Biden. Um, so, Trump's, the degree of Trump's ascendant is the exact degree of Joe Biden's Mars, his natal Mars. Um, and they're, both of them have a pretty, pretty close um, natal Mars, even though they were born different years. Um, <laughs> so Trump's Mars is at 26 degrees of Leo... Sorry, I'm flipping between these. Um, oh, no, I'm sorry. I got it mixed up with America. <laughs> My bad. I have too, literally too many tabs um, open at once. Okay. Um, so, oh, it was the house placement. Okay, so Trump has Mars in his 12th house, but really, really close to his ascendant degree. Um, Joe Biden has a Mars that in the Placidus system, um, which is what I use, it is in his 11th house, but it's right on the line. Um, a, a whole sign house would be read as the 12th house Mars, so that can also be um, an overlap between them. Now, 12th house Mars tends to be um, a history of repressed anger, which, of course, anything that gets repressed comes out, um, especially when you're dealing with Mars quite violently and loudly, eventually. Um, now, Trump's is in Leo, which is a very loud Mars. 
Um, Biden's is in Scorpio, which tends to be much more um, calculated and careful. I see that a lot in um, his campaign his campaign strategy, um, and Mars in the 11th, if that's how, you know, that's how I'm interpreting it with the Placidus system for Joe Biden is truly like a desire to help, um, like the country, the community, 11th house is, um, community, country, nation, large groups of people. It has humanitarian, um, tendencies. So, um, and then, of course, Trump having a Mars and Leo is really, really self-driven. Um, and that also explains um, his crazy, <laughs> crazy outbursts um, and just kind of his, like, selfish um, nature. People who have Mars really close to the Ascendant, not always, but especially with a fire Mars, tend to be very bombastic and just loud. Just loud. <laughs> Okay, so, um, so in the case of Joe Biden's chart, let me make sure I didn't, oh, um, something else, I'll just go ahead and do one chart at a time, because if I keep hopping around, I'm going to confuse myself and you, and I'm trying not to do that. So in Trump's chart, um, this most recent Mercury retrograde that we have had, um, went through his second house, which is money, resources, finances, all of that. Um, we had, you know, his tax returns, his secret bank accounts, things like that were, um, coming up and out a lot. So that's another thing that I noticed. Um, and then Mars has been transiting his eighth house. Um, Aries rules his eighth and that is debt, shadow, contracts, obligations. I'm really interested to see, especially after the tax information came out about how much money he owes to other people. Um, I'm interested to see how Mars Direct will translate for him if it's kind of like your bill is due um, because Mars will be moving forward from that point. So we shall see. Um, and then jumping a bit ahead... December 21st this year, we have the great conjunction between Saturn and Jupiter, which is happening in Aquarius, and that will be in Trump's, um, right on the line between his fifth and sixth house. Um, sixth house is generally seen as a house of detriment. It's obligation, responsibility, health, um, which can also be interpreted as illness. Um, right now he's had... These planets have just been hanging out in his fifth house, um, which is, you know, the quote-unquote fun house, the ways that um, we seek pleasure. He doesn't have any natal planets there, but this transit, especially like fifth house Capricorn, is like fun through money, um, through accruing wealth, or like I said before, at least the illusion of um, wealth. So, yeah, I'm definitely intrigued to see how that great conjunction on December 21st goes, um, for everybody, but especially, especially in this case. Okay. Um, so when we look at Biden's chart, Biden's chart is actually very similar to the chart of America. Um, 
they're both Sagittarius ascendant, just a slightly different degree. So the U.S. is a 12-degree Sagittarius ascendant. Biden is a 3-degree Sagittarius ascendant. He is a 12th house son, which I find intriguing because Hillary Clinton is too. Um, and having a 12th house son makes people largely misunderstood in a lot of ways. Um, they don't tend to communicate the best. Uh, because, you know, the sun as just most generally is like the way that we shine, the way that we, um, the way that our personality projects. And so in the 12th house, it makes it very difficult to really see it truly. Um, but he does have Venus right on his sun, which I feel like helps him a lot for sure. Um, so that was something else that I noticed, but essentially the house system is largely the same for Biden and America. So Biden has also been having that um, long Mars transit through the fourth house, but when it stations direct, it will be moving into his fifth, um, which I would read as much more positive. Um, the North Node is transiting Biden's seventh house, which means the South Node is transiting his ascendant, um, very similar to the America chart. So dealing with um, self and other things like that. Um, the November 30th eclipse that we have coming up. It's a full moon eclipse at 8 degrees Gemini. Now this will be pretty much right on his natal Saturn in the 7th. Um, an eclipse on a natal Saturn can be interpreted as either sort of something, um, some maturity or long-term goal um, getting realized, getting dignified. But Saturn also does have some associations with death. Um, again, like trying really hard not to be alarmist, but it's, it's worth noting. I can't help but notice it. Um, and that eclipse, that will be in Biden's seventh, which does point to other people. Um, and for Trump, that eclipse will be in his tenth, which is his midheaven. Um, so career, reputation, all of that. Okay. Um, Venus is currently transiting Biden's midheaven, which is helpful. And then it will, of course, transit his 11th coming up. Um, the fact that his 10th and 11th house are pretty activated, and then, of course, his ascendant will be as well. Um, when the sun moves into Sagittarius at the end of the month, looks kind of promising, um, but it does also transit the 12th, which can bring unexpected, not great surprises. Um, so we'll see. We'll see with that. Um, okay. Just making sure that I'm not like skipping over anything because it's so much information. Also, his, the North Node is, being in his seventh, is inching, I mean, you know, North Nodes stay in a sign for about two years, but it is coming towards his natal Saturn, which is another indication of, like, 
um, dignity and, and some long-term thing sort of culminating. Um, but you know, that again, Saturn does have that, um, association also with death. Now, if it was like a Mars Saturn transit, I would be concerned, more concerned than I am. But again, I just want to say what I see. Okay. Um, so the next thing that we have, um, we have this Saturn, Mars, or not Saturn, sorry, um, Mars-Uranus conjunction in Taurus exact on Inauguration Day, January 20th of 2021. Not gonna lie, that makes me pretty fucking nervous. Um, because Mars is the planet of aggression and violence and war and separation and weapons. And Uranus is the planet of liberty and um, chaos and revolution. So, um... The fact that it lands on Inauguration Day to me is is troubling. Um, again, it's, it's just the general weather. It doesn't mean that something crazy will happen. But worst case scenario, the way that I would read that, um, like worst case scenario would be assassination or assassination attempt, um, organized domestic terrorist attacks. Um, Mars and Uranus are very explosive, like quite literally. Um, so something, something's going down that day. Can't tell you what, um, but you know, probably not great. Um, (laughs) now for Biden, this Mars Uranus conjunction is going to be in his fifth house which could be interpreted as positive. Um, For Trump, it is his ninth house, which also could be interpreted as positive. Um, So that's kind of hard to to know precisely how to interpret that. Um, And then for America as a nation, that is also happening in the fifth house. so the fact that Biden and America share those, those, um, house rulers, rulerships, I would, whatever happens to Joe Biden is kind of going to be like parallel to what happens to America and vice versa. Um, so that's worth noting. Um, now in America's birth chart, Mars and Uranus are in the same sign. They're both in Gemini. They're not in the same house using plastic system, but they are in the same sign. So that's something that's sort of like repeating in a certain way, um, that Mars and Uranus will be together, certainly. Um, along with that North Node being in America's seventh house currently. Okay. Um, oh, yes. And, <laughs> God. Um... America's natal Uranus is at 8 degrees Gemini in the 6th house, which is the exact degree that we are going to have that eclipse um, in November 30th. That eclipse is going to be at exactly 8 degrees Gemini, which would put the north node on America's natal Uranus, which is another kind of like revolution vibe going on or something 
very sudden and unexpected and something that will inevitably like cause chaos so the thing about Uranus um each planet has a goal and a method so when I explain Uranus to my clients we're dealing with the planet of liberty and individualism and just being like totally untethered like Uranus wants to do what Uranus wants to do it's very it can be quite progressive but its progression tends to lean more towards like the egotistical side of things where it's more about I want to do this and not necessarily about let's do this for everyone it's a spectrum um so it's not always bad but the method that it uses to reach its goal of liberation is chaos and surprise. So um, it just makes me think of Game of Thrones. Rest in peace. What a terrible ending for a show. Anyway, um, in Game of Thrones, um, was it Littlefinger? He said chaos is a ladder. And it's so true. And we see this again and again when countries um, reach a certain point of like, if there's all this uncertainty, and this is even a psychological phenomenon, um, I forget what it's called. It's not the bystander effect. It's something else, but, and there's a name for it. When there's a lot of chaos and we are social creatures, evolutionarily speaking, we are, we are tribal, we are social, and nobody really knows what's going on. In that particular setting, we tend to look to the person who is the most calm. And I think personally that one of the reasons that certain people gravitate towards Trump in the midst of all of this is that there is a lot of uncertainty and chaos. Um, You know, COVID is a prime example. We don't know. We don't know if there's going to be a vaccine or when. We don't know when shit will be normal again, if ever. And that's very scary. But if you want to believe, and people get conned because they want to believe the lie that the person is selling, right? Um, People want to believe that this is going to end. People want to believe that life will magically go back to normal and everything will be fine and we just have to, like, it'll be okay. Don't worry about it, right? That's been Trump's message and attitude, and I think that rather than dealing with the chaos that arguably Trump himself has caused in a lot of ways. Um, Some people would rather just, they're like, oh, he's got it. He's so confident. I'm sure it's going to be fine. Um, Without realizing that, like, most of the chaos is, in fact, because of a lack of, like, competence. Um, But yeah, that's Uranus in a nutshell. So there's definitely some type of revolution whether, you know, whether for good or ill, we, we don't know. Um, I, when I look at these charts all together, it's very, very much a coin toss. Um, and something interesting I noticed too, America's North Node is seven degrees Leo. So like America's quote unquote destiny or fate or purpose, whatever word you want to use, is in Leo. Um... Trump's Pluto is pretty close to it at 10 degrees of Leo. So it bodes well that he could assume massive amounts of power 
in this country in particular, especially because of capitalism um, and big money and things like that. So I thought that was interesting. Um, Trump, America, and Joe Biden all have Uranus and Gemini. Also worth noting. There's certain, again, because um, Trump and Biden were born, you know, not terribly far apart as far as the years go. I think it's about four years. They do share generational planets, but it's interesting to me that they also share it with America. Um, The Leo stuff, the... um, the Gemini, and it's interesting too because Trump is a Gemini sun, Leo ascendant, um, so it kind of fits. Um, now today, specifically, the sun is pretty much on Joe Biden's Mars in the 11th house. Now, soon after this, it's going to move into his 12th house, um, which I could read as... External limitations, unforeseen um, legal issues, especially because it's 12th house in Scorpio. Um, But at least for today, having the sun on his natal Mars in the 11th could, and I read it as such, point to victory. Um, Victory for, you know, victory in an election that's very, very 11th house oriented. Um, Victory for the country. But his, let me make sure I'm reading this right. Yeah, but Saturn, Saturn in the seventh, um, in conjunct Mars, natally put, can put a quite a delay on his victory as well. Um, so the way that I would interpret this personally, um, all the math. And astrological jargon aside, the way that I look at this um, is essentially I think Biden is going to win the votes, but it's going to be a long, drawn-out process. We probably won't know anything until December for sure, for sure. Probably even around December 21st when that Saturn-Jupiter conjunction happens in Aquarius. Um, But I did want to throw in... Oh, okay. Let me finish out that thought. Um, And again, this is something I debated saying or not. Um, There are also some indications that there could be a potential um, death in the case of Joe Biden. So whether it's an illness or an accident or an assassination, um, traditionally, or I should say historically, Presidents that have been elected during a Saturn-Jupiter conjunction die within their first term in office. There's more than one thing indicating that that's a possibility for him. Um, So, yeah. I felt like I couldn't not mention that because it's important. So I, I read it as he he's going to win the vote... But I don't know that he will be president for terribly long. So, the last little bit here, I just want to throw in some tidbits about Kamala Harris's chart. She was born in California, which is an open state, which means we know we have her correct birth time. Um, She's having, or is going to have her Saturn return, or begin her second Saturn return in December. Her natal Saturn is in very late degree Aquarius. 
um, 28 degrees Aquarius. So, um, it's in her ninth house, sort of on the cusp of her 10th house, um, which would be another indication of, um, assuming a role of responsibility for sure for her coming up again, that aligns with December. Um, Mars has been transiting her 11th house again, government, public eye, community service, all of those things. Um, Uranus is also in her 11th house currently. The North Node is on her Ascendant, so it's actually flipped from Joe Biden's. So her North Node is on her Ascendant, South Node is on her Descendant, and she is going through a North Node return as well, just like Trump is, um, which is very interesting. Um, but another point that makes it difficult to... Um, it, again, it, it's kind of, it could really be read as a coin toss, um, but it's another overlapping part that I thought was worth mentioning. Um, trying to see if there's anything else super notable here. Um, that eclipse, November 30th eclipse in Gemini will be in her 12th house. I don't think I have anything else beyond that. Um... More than anything, though, all astrology aside, it's gonna be it's gonna be rough. Um, and regardless of how you vote, I think this um, this collective anxiety is quite universal in this country right now, and I think it's especially especially important to try to remain grounded and take deep breaths and um, it, the more that you can hold a strong stable center in the midst of chaos the better off you're going to be it doesn't mean denying feelings of fear um, or concern or anxiety but just remember everything passes so the more that you can do to keep yourself just sane and stable um, the better really and truly um, I have barely absorbed any news information or social media today because I'm just, I'm not doing it until they start counting things, but I've already set myself up for the expectation that we're probably not going to go, going to know anything for sure, for sure until December. Um, so if we can just accept that, that would probably be for the best. Um, another little overlap here too, um, Kamala Harris also has Mars and Leo. That's something all of these candidates share. Or, oh God, no, Biden's Leo, or Biden's Mars is in Scorpio. I don't know why I keep thinking he has a, a Leo Mars. That just got stuck in my head for some reason. Um, okay. That's all on the Kamala Harris chart that I want to say for now. Um, and one last thing. Um regarding the candidates and their various charts. I did look at their annual perfections, um, which essentially means each birthday, a certain house of your chart gets activated for that year of your life. So Joe Biden is about to move into, um, as of November 20th, he will be in a seventh house perfection, which is um, where his natal Saturn is, which is another like potential culmination of responsibility and dignity. 
Um, and the North Node is currently transiting his seventh house as well. So that's another kind of like fate point um, that's worth noting. For Trump, he will be in a third house perfection. He doesn't have any natal planets there. Third house isn't particularly important in this case, um, except potentially um, communicating, you know, but he never shuts up. So, you know, um, <laughs> and then Kamala Harris, um, she's 56. She is in a ninth house perfection, um, which is pretty positive. And then on her next birthday, she will move into a 10th house perfection, um, which is career midheaven, public reputation, dignity, all of that. Um, so in looking at Trump and Biden's charts alone, um, I would lean Biden, um, just for the win, but it is a, it does look like a touch of a toying cost just because they do share certain things, not, not much, but certain important things. Um, but when I factor in Kamala Harris's chart, I would definitely put this more towards Biden. Um, and you know, that's going to take a while to, get worked out legally. I'm sure there will, there will be challenges and things like that. I hope not, but I just really feel like we're probably not going to know anything concrete until December. And I want to tell people that, um, just because I feel like if you have a plan and you know, a rough end date, it helps. At least it helps me make sense of things and control my nervousness. <laughs> um, and there will, you know, America's going through some shit right now. Um, that chart is, those transits in America's chart are rough and it's not done yet. And I do suspect there will inevitably be some violence when Mars stations direct on November 13th. And then most especially when there's that Mars um, Uranus conjunction on January 20th, which is inauguration day. If you have the luxury of scheduling your job, um, your hours, things like that. I would take January 20th off if at all possible. Um, because that, that aspect generally seems to cause accidents, um, within like the, the micro level. Um, so yeah, if you can just, I'm not trying to freak people out, but <laughs> I have like a moral obligation to be like, Hey, this day's probably going to be rough and shitty and chaotic. Um, there is potential for harm there in some way. It could even be just like a fender bender car accident. But I would definitely recommend um, if you don't have to leave your house or work that day, I wouldn't. Um, and I'm not personally. So, yeah. Um, oh, all right. Let's see how it goes, America. See if you can get your shit together, girl. You a mess. You a mess. Um, thank you for listening. I really appreciate it. I am with you guys. This shit's stressful and I'm honestly just kind of ready to like catch my breath. But that, again, probably won't happen for a hot minute. Um, do what you can to stay mentally sane and emotionally stable as possible. I love you guys. Um, yeah, we're going to make it. It's going to be all right eventually. Not right now, but I have faith, so... We'll see how it plays out. <laughs> Happy election, everybody. Take care.